Hey guys, this is episode two, season two. Uh, we're going to be talking with my friend Nelly Jebran. This is called Rolling with the Punctuation. Jiu-Jitsu, grammar, Lebanese cuisine, and more. Nelly Jebran is a superwoman who has a softer side when she lets her guard down. A professional editor and mother of two, she and I will be sitting down to talk about sentence fragments, rubber guards, and her new venture, Broken Glace. Stay tuned, and this is Sales and Stanzas. Okay, so here we are with Nelly Jabran of Broken Glass. How are you doing today, Nelly? Um, great. I'm good. I'm well, a little sick, but I'm good. Well, you sound good. That's all that matters. So, sick, so I'm worried about my cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I am too. Uh, a lot of people who listen to the show, they didn't realize but I've relocated to the States and I left my two fur babies in Colombia for the time being. They are coming. Uh, so uh, to all pet owners and pet lovers, uh, take care of your own. You never know how much you'll miss them when they're not here. Nine but uh, Nelly, please tell me, who is Nelly? How did you get into this beautiful mess of entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's a mess. All right. It's, um, <laughs> who am I <laughs> in one minute or less? Um, okay. Uh, so I am a mom of two girls. They're 12 and nine. I have an awesome husband, Mike, and, uh, I'm finishing up a PhD in what's technically political science, but bioethics and it's never ending. Um, but I've been writing for a long, long, long time. I started doing editing as a side gig, uh, like along with my teaching, my teaching uh, in university about five years ago. And uh, just maybe in the past couple of months or so, decided that I really want to focus on this work and hopefully turn it into a full-time thing one day. And uh, kind of rebranded and renamed it. So that's Impressio which is of Latin origin and it means impression. And I just, uh, I want to help people uh, develop their writing in such a way that it leaves a lasting positive impression. So that's where that name come from, comes from. And you asked me about broken glass. So I've been wanting to, uh, I, I'm from Lebanon. So I grew up around Francophones people who speak French and my husband uh, speaks French. My kids go to French school. I have lots of friends and family who speak French. I don't, I understand quite a bit, but anyway, so along with this editing and writing uh, business, I wanted to introduce a translation business. And I live in Canada where French is an official language. So broken glass is uh, our new uh, service trend translating French to English and English to French. And it's, uh, there's some wordplay there, uh, which I love because I'm a geek. <laughs> Glass, uh, G-L-A-C-E, means, uh, means ice in French. And uh, we were taking a walk. I've been wanting to do this translating thing for a while, but just didn't really come to fruition. And we were taking a walk the other day with our dog and we were stepping over some ice. 
uh, and my daughter stepped on it, the little one, the nine-year-old, and she's like, mommy, it's like broken glass. <laughs> it sounds like broken <laughs> glass. So she came up with it and she's like, oh, and glass means ice. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just perfect. So all credit to my nice. little one. Yeah. And yeah, there's so much more to tell, but I, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's so cool. I, I obviously, not being a Francophone, completely butchered it. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was like lace, but now I know when, when I see your brand, think of Annie Lennox and think of broken glass. (laughs) So that's better. (laughs) (laughs) And how have you adjusted to it? Like I, I, I obviously, I've had some experience in editing and translation and I know that side of the personality but getting over to actually selling a service, selling yourself, selling a yeah. product, how do you adjust those gears? Um, okay, so I've been doing this like involuntarily for a long time. I've always been um, a good writer, better writer than I am a speaker. And like technically a good writer, grammatically, and, and I'm like, you know, I like I have a bit of a creative bug. So it's always come naturally to me and people have always asked for my help, family, friends. Um, and you know, I wasn't getting paid for it for a long time. <laughs> and uh, so I just decided to, you know, start asking for money <laughs> when I do this bit by bit. And I really only um, started pushing this um, when I got on LinkedIn a couple of months ago. And that's because my day job is in business development in the plastics industry, which I came to by fluke. Uh, I was tutoring business English and I got into this, uh, I got this job offer and had zero corporate background and <laughs> I was offered the job and I said, hey, um, my boss said, you've got good communication skills. I think you'll do well in this. And I did. So that's been a little bit, uh, just about a year. And uh, so they, uh, they sent me to, to a business development course. And our instructor, I'll shout him out, Cam Petinato from Sheridan College. He's awesome. So he basically said, uh, and I, you know, we were talking about what are your goals and what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, I love my day job, but really I just, I want to be an editor full time. And that's what I, that's the business I want to run, a writer and an editor. Um, And he said, well, you've got a LinkedIn, right? And I said, no, because <laughs> I had just recently decided I hate Instagram. I hate Facebook. I hate everything social media. And I've been off of it for a couple months. And I just, it's just so distracting. And I refused. It yeah, it is. And I refused to get on LinkedIn because I just didn't want another distraction. But I caved. And so the second day, right after the course, I created a LinkedIn profile. I started connecting with people and I have... Oh God, I've learned so much. I've learned more in two months on LinkedIn than I like about business and about entrepreneurship and about sales and marketing and branding and all that than you know I have in my entire life. I was never business oriented. I I hated that word. I never wanted to be a business person because that it just feels icky sometimes. Like you're taking advantage of people. I don't know. I just didn't like that label. But. Uh, it's been fun and so interesting and I've learned a lot about psychology and about myself and about what customers want and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. 
I forgot the, what the question was. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it was about how do you shift gears from being yes. an editor to business, and it's okay. And honestly, I've been, I've always been a real geek in a lot of ways. I was one of the first. You don't say. A, uh, <laughs> one of the first generation of users in LinkedIn. I've seen the evolution and it kind of had that, it felt to me like the adult Facebook where any yeah. change or tweak that came along with it, everybody was like all up in arms, revolt. And yeah. once they have those features, you just can't get away from them now. Yeah. Uh, but in a way, it also felt to me like a way that you could almost as an adult make friends. Like it's so hard as an adult. Yeah, yeah, it is. On the door and just be like, hey, is you, can, your, can your husband come out to play, you know? <laughs> like, and I've met so many cool, cool people. Uh, actually, the same show where I've met our really, really amazing friend, Satish Bala, um, of uh, Desi Fest, uh, at Daisy Fest. I'm sorry, I keep mispronouncing it. Uh, I, but, I, I uh, pronounced it Desi Fest too the first time. Like yeah. <laughs> I was walking along in the Collision Conference, now in Toronto, it was New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and I look up and I see a face that's from a profile of somebody that I know on LinkedIn that's for crazy. years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Victor? And he's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I explained to him and we both pull up our profiles and he's like, oh my God, this is so weird, but so cool. Uh, and I love, the feeling like you've met Satish now yeah. and uh, I, I love when it, it's that great feeling of when your friends meet and they become friends and it's this beautiful circle. Yeah. That, yeah and I haven't met you yet. So it's, it's no, no, I'm an enigma. I don't exist. No. <laughs> um, but it's just this beautiful thing and I love what has come out of it not just in terms of uh, certain social media, but even just through this kind of weird journey that is entrepreneurial life, you, you meet people. And like you were saying, for your editing for years, you weren't getting paid. You were just doing it out of love and a labor of love. Sometimes but obligation. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes obligation, but you build this... It, it's kind of this karma bank and it builds up yeah. yeah. and eventually it will pay off. And sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, doesn't, if you don't really still have that feeling or burden or suffering, then, you know, you got something out of it, maybe not monetarily, even though yeah. that would be awesome. Um, and that kind of brings me to my next question because it, a lot of people see activities that take drilling and practice is kind of pointless because you're not seeing an immediate result. You are a, as you call it, baby white belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How, how did you get into BJJ? What is your favorite part of it? And what is your current 
in your mind, biggest challenge when you hit the mats? Okay. Well, first, I just want to say, like confession, the real reason I want to run a business and I want to have a home-based business is so I can go back to daytime jujitsu classes because I miss it so much. And I'm so busy right now that I don't have time to go to class anymore. So I just, that's <laughs> the truth. Now, um, jujitsu, I've been doing for about a year and a half and on and off, not consistently, just because stuff got in the way. Um, how did I, I think I saw someone on Instagram, my brother's friend, and she posted something and it looked like, I'm like, this is a martial art. What are they doing on the floor? Like, <laughs> that. And I just like kept kind of creeping this girl and what she was doing. I'm like, I want to do this. And I was never like, I was just like, okay, where do I find a jujitsu place here? I've never heard of this thing. I had no idea. Like there was an entire world of BJJ. Like I didn't know it existed and so cool. Um, so I don't know. I found, a, I just Googled and the only I was teaching in the evenings uh, at that time, so I couldn't go to evening classes. And the only uh, day class available was uh, uh, at this place called uh, Elite Training Center. And I emailed them and <laughs> Claude. So later I, I found out that Claude Patrick, who owns the place, was a former uh, Canadian UFC uh, fighter. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I had no idea. I was like, Claude Patrick. <laughs> Um, so he emailed me and he's like, Oh, Nelly, you know what? I've got a group now. They've been in uh, for about six months. I don't have anything starting up yet. Maybe just, um, I'll, I'll email you when we have a new class starting up. Cause you're just, it's going to be hard to, to catch up with them. I'm like, no problem. So in my mind, I was like, okay, this isn't the time. And, uh, I think two weeks later he called me. He's like, I opened up a new class <laughs> so I went, and, and it wasn't a new class. It was just the same people who've been there for six months. And I'm like, with them? And he's like, yeah, go in. So later he, he's like, you know, I was thinking to myself, I just had a customer come in and I, and I totally told her to just come back later. So he was just, it was cool that I'm glad that I got in with that group because, um, they knew more than me and they trained me and they're awesome. So it was a group of guys. I was the only woman there. And it was intimidating, but they made it so comfortable. They're like awesome. I miss my friends there. Um, so the it jujitsu me. God, what is it about jujitsu? It's very. It's still uncomfortable. I still get nervous every time I go, and yeah. At the same time, like I feel like such a badass. Like it's, it's so cool. It gives you. I mean, I've, I've, I'm the type to study and research. So right away, like after my first class, I read everything there was to learn about jujitsu, about its origins, about its purpose. And as a woman, for me, of course, the, the um, appeal was a smaller person can, if not defeat a larger opponent, at least get away and survive and, and go away unharmed. So um, exactly. that's part of the appeal and it's just fun it's a great workout it's stinky and sweaty and gross and it makes you really uncomfortable and you have you know you get off the mats and you don't know whose sweat is on you and whose stink is on you and if it's you <laughs> think it's all about stink and sweat and it's just so much fun it's the best thing ever um but that, you really that's a great sales pitch for there yes it is <laughs> <Go get stinky. laughs> but no really would it like you um you end up developing connections and this camaraderie with, with, with people that you've never met really, like you don't really know. And 
you just click and you're put into these uncomfortable situations and we end up helping each other out. And as I've kind of progressed a little bit now, you know, for newbies, I pay it forward and I show them what I know. And it's just a really, it's a really, if you're lucky enough to have, I mean, most of the gyms that I've been to have been, have had this um, uh, same type, type of like uh, cohesive family camaraderie type feelings. So it's go take a jujitsu class. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I always remember, I believe it was Hoyler Gracie who said yeah. that jujitsu is you do this and I do that. And then mm -hmm. you do this and then I do that forever. Forever. And yep. Forever. And it, it, it really makes me reflect back to the writing process. And it, it, I always, I, I believe it was uh, Ari Shafir, the comedian, he was the one that inspired me to put the post-it on my desk of all first drafts suck. And yep. the, that's just the beginning of it as a writer, because you're never going to be satisfied. You awesome. always could tweak. You could always say it a different way. Yeah. But at a certain point, you have to put the pen to paper. You have to put the paper to press. And Just let it go. Yeah. And I love that parallel. Uh, that is cool. I never, I never made that comparison. And it's like, it is, I think jujitsu is a physical dialogue. Like you said, like back and forth, what are you doing? What am I doing? And we go back and forth and, and, and any black belt, jujitsu black belt will tell you they have still so much to learn. Like I've only barely scratched the top of the surface like it's not even not even close to what there is to learn in it and that's what's really cool about it there's so much to learn but yeah it is like writing very cool who would you say whether it be in business in 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 history and writing who would you say are are your biggest heroes mm, my biggest heroes uh, i was asked this question in like a high school English class, and I think my answer would still be the same. Uh, I had an aunt, and this is not, no, but no one's gonna know this person. Um, she passed away a few years ago. She um, was single. She's my godmother. She was just like a force of a woman, like composed and classy, but, but um, ambitious and selfless. Uh, she was she was a midwife and she also taught at um, uh, university the Lebanese university she taught midwifery and she just took care of everybody wasn't married didn't have kids but just was everyone's mom and when I think hero that's the person I think of I don't know why she's the first person that comes to mind um, I don't know <laughs> not not a writing hero I don't know I don't know what it is about her she's I think it's someone I emulate um, to be like someone who is strong and loving at the same time. I don't know. Sorry, that's not awesome. A... <laughs> no, no, that that's it, it's that your it's your yeah. hero. You know, uh, hero. Yeah. I've been branching out and doing a lot of mentoring lately, and. Uh, through some platforms, they have these icebreakers, and one of them is like, who's your biggest business hero? And some people just 
choose the most stereotypical boilerplate, this is my hero. And I, I don't mean to be a cynic, but I'm like, dude, just be a little more original, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, who, who directly inspired and made you get up every day? Because I know there's, like, people who say, like, Einstein or Steve Jobs or... Or even, yeah. like, I'm a little guilty. I say Gary V. But that's because he's my spirit animal. And he <laughs> swears. And he's very empathetic. And pushes people because he pushes himself. Like, yeah. it, I love that y- you exemplify a lot of who she is and was but you are very dynamically different. But that's what hero being a hero is about. It's not to be that person, but to inspire greatness in others. So I, I like love Elon that. Musk. I love Elon. <laughs> you know, I like Elon. <laughs> he's not my hero. I just, and he's got his issues and he's a little, you know, he's a little crazy, but he, I, I like, um, I read his biography recently. Oh, I'm still in the middle of it, but I, just love his work ethic and his uh inability to to accept no like no i'm doing this whatever (laughs) it's good (laughs) i don't care what your timeline is my timeline is two weeks and it's getting done so i'm a little bit like that in the sense of like when i want something done i want it like i do it right now and that's been a little difficult for me when i've been trying to work with other people in business because i don't i want to put them on my timeline and it doesn't always work and I get a little bit impatient. So I think that's why the editing thing works for me because it's my thing and I do it on my own time and I make my own deadlines and I just, I like to get things done right away. So he might be my business model, sort of Elon Musk. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, obviously, uh, We've been talking a lot lately, and you mentioned that you've given up uh, the best protein, in my opinion, for the Lent. Best uh, the best Ready? protein source oh. of, of meat. Uh, yeah. And uh, you've been cooking a lot in, in very cool, creative ways. <laughs> what, what are your favorite newest creations of food? And if you had an all-time favorite dish, what would that be? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I think pizza. If I had to pick one dish, it would be pizza. Um, I went to New York a couple of years ago, and just, ugh, I went for the pizza. <laughs> and we're going to Rome this summer, and I'm going for the pizza. I love pizza. Like, I could have pizza day and night. Um, it's, I had a feeling you are going to ask me about food. So today it is Lent and we gave up meat, all of us. My youngest daughter, I'm sorry, my eldest daughter, uh, she's 12, Mika. She's uh, a vegetarian for about a year now. And I was a vegetarian for 10 years and a vegan for a couple of years, but went back to meat and I love meat now. Um, but anyway, so we all decided to give up meat together, my husband, my, my daughters and I. And uh, what did we make today? We made... Uh, like tofu and stir fry vegetables and rice, but I put Jamaican curry in the rice because I like Jamaican food. <laughs> yeah. Um, pizza and Jamaican food. I love Jamaican food. I love oxtail awesome. and curry goat. <laughs> Ooh. 
I love making an oxtail. It's just you you definitely have to have a good skimmer because yeah. there it, it's yeah. a very fatty meat. It's kind of like a Colombian lengua or or beef tongue. It, it's so yeah. delicious and tender, but you gotta know how to prepare it. Or like beef shank. You've made some. Uh, well, beef shank too. Uh, yeah. bris, brisket is something that's ooh. Uh, this was my first St. Patrick's Day in the Boston area, and I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, corned beef and cabbage, oh my god! Mm-hmm. I don't even care about the beer. Give me, give me corned beef and cabbage. Mm-hmm. So, so I totally dug into that and made you a little jealous, sending you pictures. But it's okay. That, that's what friends are for, is to yep. mock and... And to send you videos that you can't watch at work, because... Yeah, that's what friends do. <laughs> uh, well, I think it should be absolutely uh, uh, at least a headphones policy for audio <laughs> at work. Uh, I love music. I love podcasts. Uh, people in my office sometimes will see me giggling like a madman when I listen to uh, Joey Diaz and making an appearance on on the Joe Rogan experience. It's it, I, I I think in terms of a workplace, whether you work for somebody else or you work for yourself, you have to have some sort of silly moment where you get away from your desk for a moment, whether you physically get away or in your chair. I recommend people get up and walk 250 <laughs> steps an hour. That's what Fitbit says, but I don't. Okay. I'm not endorsed or sponsored by them, but I'll claim them as a sponsor until they give it. <laughs> But um, it, it's one of those things I really, I, I studied a, a, a lot of applied economics and ethics, but human resources was something that kind of drew me when I was in university. And it made me want to figure out why people do what they do and how to make them do it better. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, never by force, no. No, and, and you should really just just put me on the phone with your boss. I'll convince him. Oh no, <laughs> don't blame him. He's awesome. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's just because we uh, we talk to customers, so you know we don't want to have background noise. We need a quiet space, which I'm totally totally cool with. <laughs> oh yeah, D- just just you know soundproof the studio and. <laughs> yeah. So, Nellie, what is next up for you? What What would you, if you had kind of an elevator pitch on Nellie going forward, what people should look out for? How can they find you out about you and your ventures? Uh, you have the floor. Okay. Um, so right now I'm in a bit of a, the, I mean, you can kind of advise me on this or whoever is listening can maybe in. so I'm I work full-time but I'm also building this this business that I eventually want to uh, turn into a full-time thing and it's difficult to uh, grow it and maintain sanity and maintain um, the time that I spend with my family because ultimately that's that's the reason for all of this. I want to be home when my kids get home from school. I want to be here as much as possible. If they, if they need me to go pick them up from school, I want to be available. And that's 
really why I want to work for myself. Um, but it's hard to find, it's, it's hard to build it and keep my full-time job and uh, stay sane doing all of it. So, um, I'm trying to find this balance right now. Like I'm just no more working on weekends because I want to dedicate that time to my family. And if it grows uh, more slowly than I'd like it to, that's fine. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm working with, um, I got an opportunity, you know, you mentioned uh, Satish. He has given me an opportunity to get paid for something that I haven't been paid for before. And that's like writing coaching. <laughs> and uh, he's got, an amazing story to tell and he just needed someone to help him get it to paper and talking with him and working with him has been revealing for me in terms of what I can do so I think um beyond just the editing I love I love taking people's ideas and and getting them into a form that you know readers can access and that's flawless and easy to read um that's why I love to edit um but working with Satish has shown me like other things that I can do that I didn't really know I was not that I didn't know I was capable of doing it, but that someone might pay me to do them. Um, and that's, you know, if you've got, an, you've got a story to tell and you're just sitting there staring at your computer screen and you don't know where the hell to start, um, I can help you. I think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> um, so I want to get into more of that, helping, helping um, thought leaders tell their stories. Um, so I think that's the direct direction I'm headed and uh, the translation work we're building on it. I've got, uh, I don't do the translating because I'm not, uh, I'm not a fluent French speaker, but I know people uh, and uh, we're, we're working on that. Cool. So yeah. how can people find you? I know you oh, oh, yeah. up big on social, but how can we find you? Okay. So uh, LinkedIn. Uh, just Nelly Jabran, N-E-L-L-Y-J-E-B-R-A-N. That's where you'll find me on LinkedIn. And that's where I am most of the time now on social media. I still have my Instagram account, but that's a private account. And it's just for my friends. So I'm not really doing any businessy stuff there. But if you really like jujitsu, and I don't post much anymore. Um, but if you like jujitsu and you want to get to know that side of me a little bit, it's uh, Nelly uh, my my uh, handle is Nelly N E L L Y B J J I think. Oh God, I forgot. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, awesome. Thank you so so very much, Nelly. Wish you the best of luck with Broken Glass, and thank you for coming on Sales and Stanzas. Thanks, Anthony. It was fun. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Ta-da! <laughs> Bye. So Catullus is a, a Roman poet, and I've been trying to learn Latin. And so this is the first poem that I memorized in Latin. And uh, it's called Catullus V, and his poems are mostly numbered. So the story behind this one is uh, Catullus fell in love with a married woman. And she was married to some general or something. Anyway, he shouldn't have been involved with her. And her name was Claudia. And he was madly in love with her. And a lot of his poems trace 
uh, their relationship. So Catullus uh, 8, for example, is bitter and angry because she had decided to end the affair. Catullus uh, 5 is still in the honeymoon phase of their affair. So it's about uh, stealing kisses from her and uh, not giving a shit about what anybody else thinks. Uh, so her name is Claudia, but <clears throat> he couldn't obviously reveal her name. Uh, in his poetry, so he uh, he replaced her name with Lesbia, uh, which you know rhymes and works metrically with his poetry. So this is Catullus Five. Vivamos me Lesbia at queamemus, rumoresque senum severiorum, omnes unios aestimemus asis, soles occidere tredire possunt, nobis cum semel occidit brevis lux. Noxes perpetua una dormienda. Dami basia mille, den decentum. Den mil altera, den segunda centum. Den dusqualtera mille, den decentum. Den cum milia multa fecerimus, conturbabimus illa nesciamus, aut nequis malus invidere possit, cum tantum sciat esse basiorum. I wanted to thank everybody for tuning into today's episode. I uh, wanted to also give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Wax Up Candles, for all your handmade candle needs, made by my dear friend and former guest on the show, Catalina Perez, Wax Up Candles. Also brought to you by Paradox and Poetry, a project and brainchild of Travis Thomas. Paradox and Poetry with a worldwide reach and the voices of many poetry, performance, and events, Paradox and Poetry. And last but not least, our newest sponsor, Broken Glass, French and English translations and proofing, run by none other than Nelly Gibran, Broken Glass.